You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Yes, yes, you're listening to Hawk Talk. I am Michael Bumpus along with Nasa Choby. Week 5, the Hawks have a chance to do something they've never done in franchise history, which is to, to go 5-0. and But to do that, they got to get through the Vikings. But before we dive into them, let's hit up Nas with the injury updates. Thanks, Bump. Well, there is a lot of good news on the injury front. The Seahawks came out of the game against the Miami Dolphins relatively healthy with essentially no new injuries. Head coach Pete Carroll did, however, give us some much-needed updates on Nico Thorpe, Jordan Brooks, Quentin Dunbar, and Jamal Adams. Um, well, let me start with Nico. Nico's got he's got the athletic hernia kind of sim- symptoms coming right now. we got to see what he needs to get right. He's been working real hard to get back, and he just can't get going. Often when, when you have that injury, you know, you feel okay. You don't hurt, but you just can't quite stride and go, and that's kind of where he is. He's worked hard to get to that point, and so now we know. So we got to try to get him fixed up and whatever we can do. I'm not sure what the course will be, but we're, we're open to everything for, for him. Uh, you asked about Jordan Brooks. Um, Jordan's still he's, he's still working on, on coming back. He's not able to, to move around yet, so um, it's going to be hard for him to get back this week. Uh, did you mention somebody else too? Uh, Quentin is it went through the walkthrough today. Uh, he'll practice tomorrow, um, and we'll we'll see how that how that fits uh, for him coming back. He's he's determined to try to get back for this ball game, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Jamal's still going to be another week away. Unfortunately, he's not going to make it back. There was also some roster movement as the Seahawks signed former first-team All-Pro Damon Snacks Harrison to the Seahawks practice squad. The Seahawks also made an addition to their 53-man roster, signing defensive end Jonathan Bullard. Cornerback Nico Thorpe, who missed the past two games with a hip injury, as you heard from the coach, he was now placed officially on injured reserve. In addition to Harrison, the Seahawks have also signed quarterback uh, Demarcus Acey, as well as linebacker Michael Divinity to the practice squad. And lastly, Bum, before we get going, make sure to join us each and every Thursday from noon to two. It's The Huddle, hosted by Tom, Jake, and Stacy, along with Seahawks color analyst Dave Wyman. It's your chance to hear directly from the Seahawks players as they prepare for Sunday and preview the game ahead with the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel, and our guy, Ray Roberts. Bump, as you mentioned, the Minnesota Vikings are up next. Who's next? Who's next? I'll tell you who's next. It's the Minnesota Vikings. They are one and three. They have losses to the Packers. Good football team. The Colts, this decent football team and the Titans, but they beat Houston last week. Don't let the record fool you, folks. I'm looking at this film. These guys can play some football offensively. They are ranked 22nd in the NFL uh, rush offense. They're ranked fifth. I think that's where they're going to pose the most challenge. Well, I can't even say the most. Pass game is good, too. I know they're not a top 10 pass team, but they still have Adam Thielen. They still have Justin Jefferson. But Dalvin Cook is the guy who makes this team go. No question about it. What they want to do, Bump, is they want to run the football. Everything they do is predicated off of running the ball. Um, We'll get into all the key matchups for the Vikings, but that's the thing. If you just look at this head-to-head comparison we're looking at, don't sleep on this team because you say, ah, Mm -mm. 22nd offense in the league, pass game 28th, tied for 14th. Defensively, they don't look great. They're 29th in total defense 
um, 29th in pass defense, 26 in points allowed. I mean, they look average. They look average on paper. But let me tell you something. Something they do, like you mentioned, is run the football. They're the fifth team in the league at rushing the ball at 150 yards per game, but it's because of Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is an incredibly special athlete, special player, incredibly explosive, and he's the key to the game. Everything that he gets done, it sets up their offense. They want to run the ball, sets up all their play action stuff. So I know they don't look great in all the statistical categories, but these guys can play ball, so don't underestimate them. Yeah, well, you know, the last one, this is the third year in a row the Hawks are playing the Vikings. Am I correct? Second or third? It's the third. And and I feel like every time we play these guys, everyone's sleeping on them. And then I turn on the film, and I'm like, hold up, wait a minute offensively they have weapons everywhere even at the tight end spot even though Rudolph isn't having a season that we're used to seeing even at the quarterback spot even though Kirk Cousins doesn't win a lot of big games they still got talent on the defensive side they got Kendricks to have unique they have some guys but let's talk about last week last week they beat the Texans they were up 31 to 16 with 10 minutes left in the fourth the Texans closed the gap to 31 to 23 and drove 71 yards down the field, got to the one and couldn't get it done. You know who that reminds me of, Nas? Who does that remind you of, Bob? The Seahawks versus the New England Patriots. Same situation. So we're looking at these teams and we're like, okay, they're similar. They're even similar on how they've won a couple ball games. Well, one ball game when it comes to the Vikings. But that last possession, Texans down on the one-yard line, that was some sloppy football down there. It was tough, man. They get first and goal from the one, and you think, okay, they're going to tie this up, and now you're thinking, what are they going to do for their two-point conversion? They get stoned on second and goal. Then on third and goal, which is probably the biggest play of the game, they run a little option route. Uh, Watson tries to pitch over to Johnson. Johnson fumbles the ball, gets stuck. Now your ball's back at the five-yard line, and it set up this play, fourth and goal with the game on the line. Fourth and goal from the five for Houston. Minnesota leads by eight. Watson takes the snap, goes on a five-step drop to the end zone, and it's caught by Will Fuller, a one-handed catch. Are you kidding me? Touchdown, Texans. Will Fuller tapped the ball to himself with his left hand, and the Texans are a two-point conversion from tying the game. Well done, Will Fuller. Well, they, they are going to review all scores. As the runner went to the ground, the ball hit the ground and moved. Thank and you. An incomplete pass. Thank you. It's first down Minnesota at the five-yard line. Ball game, 31-23. Bikes are in the win column. Ooh, he said ball game. Disappointment. You hear that? Ball game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that has to hurt. Heartbreak Hotel. Deshaun Watson was moving the ball. That was a beautiful last drive. I went back and I looked at it. They were moving the ball, getting it done. David Johnson just looked old right there for some reason. That pitch, he drops it. And then just the aftermath of him sitting there on his knees with his hands, his head in his hands. Like, I felt bad for David Johnson that play. Yeah, it's tough, man, because David Johnson just a couple of years ago with the Cardinals was just balling out, was a guy that's yep. like, he's a pro bowler, he still got it, that's why he spent all that money. So, yeah, definitely tough for him to see there. But you look at the Vikings bump, um, Kirk Cousins, he didn't do anything earth-shattering. We're definitely going to talk a lot more about him, but he was 16 of 22, 260 yards and a touchdown. Um, it was the Dalvin Cook show, man. That's what it was. Yep. D. Cook, 27 carries for 130 yards and two touchdowns, and just guys elusive. You better, hey, you better gang tackle. You need 11 mm -hmm. hats to the football with this dude because he will make guys miss. You cannot forget Adam Thielen did his thing with eight receptions for 114 yards, one touchdown. And the rookie, man, there's a lot of good rookie receivers out there. Justin Jefferson, the kid from LSU, four receptions, 103 yards. Needless to say, these guys can do it on the ground and they can do it in the air. 
But let's go back in time and learn a little bit about the Seahawks versus the Vikings. Know your history. Know your history. So the history between the Seahawks and the Vikings, it seems like they play each other every year. Uh, the Seahawks lead the all-time regular season series 11-5. to Their last meeting was last year in primetime under the lights of Monday Night Football where the Seahawks won 37-30 to thanks to a little nice play from Russell Wilson to Demo Swag. Penny in the backfield. Medcalf far side wide. Russell's got time. He's got David Moore wide open. Moore makes the catch. 15-10-5. Touchdown, Seahawks. From 60 yards, Russ looked up, saw David Moore running right past Xavier Rhodes and said, here you go, serves it up on a platter, and the Seahawks are on top 26-17, to and they're doing the hula in the end zone, the Seahawks receivers. Wow, what a big play for Seattle. Now, Bump, Steve Rabel, as you know, he is the GOAT. He's the best play-by-play announcer in all of the land. And, you know, when you're up in the booth, you're kind of far away from the field. You know, it's tough to see what's going on sometimes with these celebrations. Now, they weren't doing the hula. It was a nice little, little tribute to New Edition, you know. Because if it isn't love, mm, why do I hey. feel this way? Why does she stay on my hey, mind? on my <laughs> mind. Something tells me back in the 80s, uh, Ray's wasn't listening to New Edition, you know? You know, you never Ray, know. Ray's wasn't listening to New Edition. It was a little something-something. <laughs> it's all good, though. But, Bump, tell me, listen to this, though. So, last year, the Seahawks were all about the touchdown dances, Bump. They were all about yeah. them. The receivers were on point, man. They're not doing them this year. Do you miss them? Yeah, I miss them. Of course I do. I, honestly, the first game, they got into the end zone. I'm like, okay, here it comes. Because now they have a reputation. They killed the game. I think there was, like, an ESPN award to where, mm-hmm. like, the best – team dances and the hawks won it because of the receivers you know receivers we like the spotlight we're more the uh the average size man so we could move a little bit i definitely miss them why aren't we seeing them now well that's another thing so i did a little research so tyler lockett was mic'd up against the cowboys uh two weeks ago and uh, he had a little conversation with quandre Diggs, who asked him why they're not doing these coordinated dances anymore why y'all I don't know. Right now, bro, we just be trying to put the fear in people. What's the fear? Make people lose, make them lose their confidence. That way y'all dance on them. So, Quandre still wants him to be dancing on them. Tyler's talking about making <laughs> them lose their confidence. Here's the deal. I miss them, definitely. I think the whole world misses them. But, hey, whatever they're doing, Bump, is working. So, if they're putting the fear of people by just bossing them up and scoring touchdowns, I'll take that. I ain't mad at that. You know, he's like, hey, no more, no more fun and games. It's real out here now. You know, we're here to we're here to take life out the defense, which I get. But add insults to injury, mm-hmm. dance on them while, while you're taking the soul out of them. But that approach is working. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm not touching that. Tyler, if y'all want to keep it professional, shake hands, get to the sideline, I'm all about that. So the Seahawks have won five straight in the matchup against the Vikings. Um, haven't won. The Vikings haven't won in Seattle since 2006. So let's keep that thing going. Now we've talked about the Vikings. We talked about the Seattle Seahawks. What is going on in the NFC West? Where my soldiers at? Westside. Where my soldiers at? Westside. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? What's the word, Bump? Well, I'll tell you the word: Seahawks, four and O, leading the NFC West followed by the Los Angeles Rams at 3-1. and one. 
Arizona Cardinals at two and two, and the San Francisco 49ers at two and two. So it was definitely a good week in week four for the Seahawks. 49ers, Cardinals both lose, while the Rams improved to three and one. Now, Bump, we've been talking about the Niners every week in this segment. Looks like the injury bug finally caught up with them as they dropped a close game to the Eagles in primetime. Yes, they did. Ziggy. Ziggy. He was once a Seahawk with high expectations. I feel bad for this man. Gets signed by the 49ers. Gets injured. Looks like his season is done, I believe it is. Season is done. Uh, Jimmy G, the quarterback position, he's got a couple weeks. Nick Mullins was in the game, was actually playing all right to the fourth quarter. How do you bench? That, that, that baffles me. You bench your quarterback in the fourth quarter. I get he threw a couple of picks, but at that point, it's like, all right, let's just ride it out. Yeah, it's weird to go to go to the C.J. Beathard, who's been cold, hasn't thrown him pass for three quarters and pop him off the bench. It's not like he threw 10 picks. It's not like he was yeah. out there turning the ball. Every, I mean, he was 18 to 26, 200 yards, two picks, not great stats. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. I thought it was I thought it was weird and it didn't get much better for Beathard once he got in there. You know who looked like a bad man that George Kittle, man. 15 targets, 15 receptions, 185 yards. Weren't you just injured, sir? That's what I you said. Come off the, you can't <laughs> come off the couch like this. Goodness gracious. That Say what you want about the Niners. They still have the best tight end in the, in the league. Uh, and honestly, yeah, we have some good tight ends here with the Seahawks, but George Kittle is a different beast, man. He's a different breed. 108 yards at the tight end position, and you can't get him down. It's the yak, and then he'll, he'll kill you in the run game. Yeah, George Kittle. I'll give credit to where credit's due, man. That dude is a bad man, best tight end in the game. All right, let's go to L.A. now. The Rams, they are 3-1. and one. They're looking okay, but forget the forget the record. Forget uh, the stats. Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate got into a scuffle. Ooh-wee. We all know Golden Tate likes to run that mouth. Jalen Ramsey likes to run that mouth. Now you put family business into the mix with Jalen Dayton, Golden Tate's sister. Golden feels disrespected. Now, Jalen got the best of Golden, and the and only reason why he did was because Golden Tate plays offense. Like, you can't really deliver a blow unless you're blocking somebody when you're playing offense. Jalen, I mean, that was a form tackle, though. Lifted him up, grabbed cloth, drove him into the ground. Not a good look, but we're receivers. What can we really do to defend ourselves out there during the play? I mean, during the play, it's tough unless you have some kind of a crack where he doesn't see it coming, but he's out there on an yeah. island by himself. And honestly, I mean – the fight didn't end on the field. It spilled into, nah. into the parking lot. And let me tell you something. What I do know is, uh, say what you want about Jalen Ramsey, but something tells me he's about that life. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He's about that life. I he says it. I want to fight you, him. he means it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. But uh, the Rams are 3-1. Their only loss is to the Bills, which is a good football team. They beat Dallas. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Giants. So their wins aren't super impressive. But if there if there is an impressive loss, I guess the Bills – is the impressive loss. Now in Arizona, these guys are two and two. The thing that's hurting these guys is that they're asking Kyler Murray and Hopkins to do everything at this point. That's just not going to happen. And Buda Baker hasn't been on the field recipe for disaster so far, but I think they'll be able to climb themselves out this hole. Yeah. I mean, they're like we said, we've talked about every week. We, I mean, they were the trendy pick to kind of really turn heads and kind of take that next step in the NFC West and Kyler Murray. Again, he wasn't bad. He threw for three touchdowns, didn't have a ton of yardage, but they started off slow. They went punt, 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 touchdown, punt, fumble. It's hard to kind of get going there. So it'll be interesting. We'll have to watch them closely because obviously second year head coach, new offense. But like you said, the heavy lifting needs to be spread a little bit more. So we'll definitely keep a close eye on those tricky Cardinals out of Arizona. 
So that's the word in the West. The Seattle Seahawks are 4-0. Rams 3-1. Cardinals 2-2. Frisco 2-2. Still the best division in football. I looked around and I'm like, well, is there another division that's kind of messing with them? Then I looked at the AFC North. I looked, I looked at the records and then I saw who these guys were playing. And I'm like, nah, AFC North. I don't believe anybody in that division right now. So who do the Hawks need to stop? Let's go to man up. Hey, who man's is this? Who man's is this? Man up, man up, man up, man up on Hawk Talk. Man up, the first matchup, the man of the hour, Kirk Cousins against the Seahawks defense. Now, well, we got to talk about Kirk Cousins a little bit, man, because yep, yep. I think he gets kind of a bad rap, man. So everyone talks about him as Mr. Mediocre. He, they say he can't win the big game. He can't do any of that. So I'll give you the stats. He's 62 for 100, 883 yards, six touchdowns, six picks. Okay, that seems kind of average. A career record, 45, <laughs> 45, and two. That's the definition of average. Oh, right you just middle. say he gets a bad rap, now. Hold on. That's I, mediocre as hell right there. <laughs> let, me, let me finish it. Uh, their offense is 16th out of 32 teams, which is, again, right in the middle. <laughs> but beyond the stats, beyond the eye test, I think he's a good quarterback. I just think – so he was, he was solid in Washington. I think he went out, decided he was going to play for a franchise tag, played well, got another one, played well, and got a huge guaranteed contract. I can't hate the man for doing that. Last year, he went down to New Orleans on the road, got his big yep. playoff victory, probably the biggest victory in his career. Um, so, yes, the numbers say he's average, but I think he's better. In watching film, I think he's a better quarterback than he gets credit for. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just giving you I'm just giving you a little flack. Yeah, I think he's better than his record says because we watched the film. I encourage people to watch the All-22 film. You will see he can make every single throw out there. I mean, their offense is based on play action, taking shots. And he's taking his shots, and more likely than not, the ball is where it's supposed to be. Now, maybe he hasn't been surrounded with the greatest team. Maybe he's not the most likable guy. I can't see myself having a beer and playing golf with this man. Can't do it. Maybe maybe that's why. He's not connecting with the people. But you're right. You don't look at his record. You look at the film. This guy can play some football. So I just hope he doesn't play some ball against the Seahawks. Now, we all know that this defense is struggling against the pass. Her cousin's going to have some opportunities. We'll see what we'll do with that. The next matchup we got to look at, Russell Wilson versus the Vikings struggling pass defense. I see this defense. I just bird man rub my hands together. I'm like, yeah. all right, all right, Russ. I think this is another three or four touchdown week for this guy. They got some rookies playing for him on that de- on that defensive side of the ball. They're av- they're allowing 426 yards, 3.6 yards per play, 31 points per game. Hawks have been scoring over 30 points per game. This is a recipe for this offense to continue to roll. Oh, no, no question about it. Honestly, they, like you said, if they if they're giving up that much in the pass game, and they, like you said, they started two rookie corners. Okay, you're starting two rookie corners against, in my opinion, the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That's a lot to ask for if you're a rookie coming into your second game. And then Russ is just Russ, man. He leads the league touchdown passes, 16. Third in yards with a 1,285. First in completion percentage. First in yards per pass. Fourth in QBR. Number one in passer rating. I mean, like you said, you're licking your chops, man. I don't that's – a, that's a bad – Russell's a bad matchup for anyone in the NFL – let alone if that's yeah. the one thing you were struggling with as a unit. So it's going to be a tough matchup for those guys. 
Tough matchup. You mentioned DK and Tyler Lockett against these rookie DBs. I'm with you. This is the number one duo in the league right now. And DK Metcalf leads the NFL with 403, 403 yards with 16 receptions. That's over 25 yards of reception. He is eating up a quarter of the field every time he gets the football. If your, your average starting position is around the 30-yard line, you catch the rock. You're already in enemy territory doing this thing. DK Metcalf is playing like a potential pro bowler. And now Tyler Lockett had a drop last game, didn't get the targets that he would have liked, but that opened up the game for Greg Olson, uh, that opened up the game for DK. I expect Tyler Lockett to have a bounce-back game this week. No no question about it. I mean, there's not going to be many times where Tyler's only got four targets and two receptions. That might be the last time that happens this year, but here's the thing. If you're the defense, it's pick your poison. Okay, if you're going to commit a lot of guys to taking, taking away Tyler, DK's going to yep. be tough. Another matchup, Dalvin Cook versus Seahawks front seven. Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the NFL right now. 424 yards, that's first in the league. Six touchdowns, that's first in the league. 25 forced missed tackles. Excuse me, 21 forced missed tackles. You got to wrap them up. And let's not sleep on him in the pass game. His numbers in the pass game might not be great, but if he needs to swing out and, and catch the rock or catch the screen, he can do that too. What do you like the most out of Dalvin Cook? Uh, that's a tough question. There's a lot. First of all, I watched this one play, um, or touchdown he had against the Texans. It was second down and three, I think, from like the seven-yard line, right? And it's a nice little hand up up the middle, and he's dead to rights. He is hit by three different dudes. He's his low center of gravity. He's not a big dude, but he'll shrug off tackles, gets outside, stiff arms the corner, touchdown around the edge. So he's just his balance and his vision is what really comes off the jumps off this page for me. Also, he's quick, he's elusive, and here's the deal, bump straight up. This is the main key to the game. You shut down the run, the Seahawks will win. If you don't, it's going to be a long day. Everything that they do starts with the run. All of their pass is set up by long play action, long developing crossing routes. So this is is it, man. If he goes off, it can be a really tough day for the Seahawks uh, defense. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. They kind of remind me of the Seahawks. A lot of crossing routes, a lot of play action, a lot of long developing plays. Now, the Hawks are third in the NFL in rush defense, allowing just 75 yards. If they need... They need to continue to be the third rushing defense in the NFL, like you mentioned, for them to win this ballgame. Dalvin Cook gets loose. I don't know. It's going to be a long day. Next matchup, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson versus the Seahawks DBs. This is a nice combo. So, so far, the Hawks have seen Julio Ridley, um, Julian Edelman. Well, he's, he's by himself. Um, they've seen Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. Uh, who else saw that? Well, I'm a blank. All they saw Jasicki, who's it was all right, and Devontae yeah. Parker. This is probably the second or uh, the second most talented duo I've seen. I would put Gallup and Cooper in front of them. Uh, no, nah, scratch that. I'm everywhere right now. And that's Julio and Ridley, I would put as the best duo they've seen so far. And both those dudes went for 100, and a third receiver went for 100. They're going to be tested this week with Jefferson and Thielen. Both are capable of going for 100, and they're going up against a struggling defense. Trey Flowers needs a bounce-back game. Looks like his confidence is down. Shaq has been playing pretty good, two games, two picks, so maybe he's going to hold that side down. For sure, no, and I'll agree with you. I think Julio and Ridley are number one. 
And then yeah. Thielen and Jefferson, Gallup and Cooper, they're about they're about the same. They do things different. Yeah. It's going to look different. Thielen isn't the guy who's going to kill you with speed and do all that stuff, but he will get down the field. He'll make big plays. He had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 17 and 18 before missing games with injury last year. Um, he's got four touchdowns, 284 yards this year. You mentioned the rookie, Justin Jefferson. He's balling out. And the thing that's really intriguing about this matchup is because of their offense. They run so many formations with two backs and two tight ends and stuff like that. On most plays, you're only going to see two receivers on the field, and it's Thielen and Jefferson. So Trey Flowers and Shaquille Griffin are definitely going to get a lot of work this Sunday. You're going to get that work. What's another matchup we're looking at, Nass? Yannick and Gakwe, okay, versus Dwayne Brown, Brandon Shell. Gakwe came over from the Jags so far this year. He's got nine tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles. But, Bump, we'll do a little shameless plug for your film session. You broke down the Minnesota Vikings, and you took a little in-depth look at them. Now, you texted me the other day and said, hey, man, Ngakwe's a problem. Tell me what you saw of this man. Yeah. Man, I see a guy, one, he loves the nine-tech. Nine-tech just gets him really wide on the line of scrimmage, so he has room to attack that offensive tackle. And when he fires off the football, I would, I'm going to say that his first three steps – are just as fast as the fastest dude in the NFL. His first three steps out of his three-point stance is ridiculous. And then I watch this guy work. You know what the rule is. When you're rushing, you never get deeper than the quarterback. This dude continues to get deeper than the quarterback, but is so athletic, gets his hands off of him, fires back downhill. He just plays with a motor that I haven't really seen. This guy is um, one of the twitchiest defensive ends I've seen in a long time. Now, he's only got three sacks, which isn't bad going into week five. Um, nine tackles, but he's going to force quarterbacks to maneuver in that pocket. Dwayne Brown, Brandon Shell, you got your hands full this week. Um, you're going to need some help. Just contain him. He's going to make plays, contain him. I just see a dude that's twitchy as hell. No question about it. And the thing about that I liked out of him is his ability to turn the corner. You said he likes to line up in that nine technique, but his ability to get skinny almost like someone trying to block a kick or block a punt or he can kind of dip that shoulder and get underneath and the other thing too is a lot of times of those nine tackles that's teams running the ball away from him and him coming down the line of scrimmage and making the tackle from behind because he's quick so he's gonna have uh Dwayne Brown Brandon Shell are definitely have their hands full hopefully they can kind of ride him behind Russell and Russell can step up but that means everyone's got to do their job because Yannick is a he's a baller man yep he's a baller we got to look after him but for these hawks to get it done, got to control Unique. Got to limit Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. Let's just get to the path of victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Path to victory, like we mentioned, they have to stop the run. Dalvin Cook cannot go off like he has every game this season. You got to be the number three rush defense in the NFL. You have to do what you've done to Ezekiel Elliott, to Todd Gurley, to Cam Newton. Can't stop now. Can't stop, won't stop. They got to stop Cook. No question about it. We've, we've kind of hammered into the ground, but that's what they do offensively. And they're not going to go away from what they do. Everything, if you can't stop them, they're going to continue to run the ball, and that just sets up play action. So he is enemy number one to get a victory this week. Next thing they got to do, they got to build off of last week, continue to stop the big plays and keep everything in front. There's no digs, but this dude, Justin Jefferson, leads the league in plays over 20 yards. And he's a rookie, so he has big play ability. You have to contain those. The Hawks did that last week. 
stay on these guys' hips, now make plays. I think Shaq is, is in a position mentally to where he's good to go now. He's seeing the game. He's breaking on routes. His technique is textbook. I slowed it down and showed my son. I'm like, look, this is how you undercut a post right here, son. This is how you do it. So Shaq is in a good place. They have to contain the big plays. Yeah, and that's we talked about explosive plays last week, and it was good to see that for the first time this season the Seahawks actually did that because it's a recipe for disaster, as we know, when they start getting five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten on the explosives. You hold them to under 20 yards, they're not getting chunk yardage. That contributed to them holding Miami to field goal, so you got to keep getting that done. Nas, they got to get off the field on third down. I feel like every week teams are over 50% when it comes to third down conversions against these dudes. You're getting off the field on third down. They're putting it on the foot. You're getting more possessions for your offense. When the offense is the strength of your team, third downs are important because you want to get it back in Russell Wilson's hands. Especially because this team wants to run the football. So, I mean, I know their game plan this week is what can we do to get the ball out of number three's hands? So if we can't get off the field, Russell can't cook on the other side of the ball. So definitely get off the field on third down. Another path to victory. Go after the Vikings pass defense. Russell Wilson, DK, Tyler Lockett all need to have big games to test the rookie corners. And I'm still waiting for Uncle Will to have a game, too. Greg had his moment last week. It's time for Uncle Will to get involved. They got to unleash that man. I'm telling you, he's so deadly the last couple of years when he was healthy, especially attacking the seam. And he's such a good run defender that guys, you know, get their eyes in the wrong spot. Uncle Will, we really need to see an appearance from him because once he gets going, I think this offense is going to be scary good. I believe it. Chris Carson's got to keep going. We saw a glimpse of it last week. 16 carries, 80 yards. It can't just be Russell all the time. Can't just be Russell all the time. It's, it, it's nice to have Russell all the time. It's nice to have that option. But the great teams distribute the ball, and they are versatile. You can't just make them do one thing. The Hawks... Teams are going to try to force them to run the football, which is crazy to even say mm -hmm. right now. Teams are going to force the Hawks to run the football because of what Russell Wilson has been doing this year. Yeah, and you're right. That's crazy to think. We've been talking about how run-dominant offense we've been. Everyone's wanting Russ to throw the ball every down. Carson's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Teams want us to run the football now, and we got to take advantage of it because we're still incredibly good at that. We've improved a lot in the offensive line in our pass pro, but we can still run the pill. We can still run block. Ethan Post has been comfortable up front. Damian Lewis is comfortable up front. Dwayne Brown, Brandon Shell. So I want to see them continue to do what they've been doing. Chris Carson got off this night last week after that injury. Was really productive, 80 yards, his best rushing game. So really looking forward to seeing that. And also, before we get out of here, Bump, cannot forget the people know Thursday night, every Thursday at 7 o'clock, it's Hawks Live on 710 ESPN Seattle. Let Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer prepare you for each and every game with their insight, analysis, player interviews, and behind-the-scenes look at the Seahawks' next matchup in the Minnesota Vikings. Holla at us on Thursday. Nassachobi's on the mic right now. He'll be producing on Thursday. I'm Michael Bumpus. That's Nassachobi. This is the Hawk Talk Preview. I also want to give a big ups to DJ Dallas. I think we need to see a little bit more of that kid. Minnesota's coming to town. 5-0, can the Hawks do it for the first time in franchise history? I think they can. Nassings, they can. We'll see if they can perform. It's been real. Talk to you guys soon.